0: You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here, to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over the U.S. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? All right. Well, on the show today, we have Chris Strobel. Hey, Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Good, good. Well, I'm hoping this um, will be a fun interview because you have the best, one of the best Instagram pages that I've seen as far as just like mountain bike videos, and it looks like you are having a blast all the time.
1: Uh, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Uh, the For mountain biking to me is literally a blast all the time. Yeah. So I try to make it as fun as possible. Uh you know, whenever I can.
0: Sure. I guess, you know, I should laugh because when I say that, you know, like, oh my gosh, your Instagram's amazing. But you probably don't record and post you know when you're like in your backyard reading a book or something like that so i guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't i mean i don't think people want to watch me write uh, reading a book or, right, or whatever right. but every once in a while when my dogs dogs do something funny or or something really cool I'll put yeah. that on there but but generally my uh, my instagram is about uh Mostly mountain biking, but cycling in general.
0: And on a side note, I have been dabbling in mountain biking. Um, I'm doing a trip in September in Colorado. So I'm trying to prepare my body to, you know, do more than just pavement pedaling. You know, we don't have mountains here in Iowa, but we do have some pretty... Uh, intense tracks, single track and up and downs and not a lot of rock, but mostly dirt. So I may, I may pop in with a question or two about uh, how you can help me become better.
1: <laughs> sure, absolutely. I'd yeah. be happy to
0: help. Well, first question I ask this to everybody is, how did you get into cycling as an adult?
1: Um, well, honestly, it was, I've only been riding bikes for, I'd say about almost four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I was young, I'm originally from Southern California. When I was young, I had bikes and I would just ride them around the neighborhood. But, you know, as I grew up, I just never rode a bike. And I moved to Bentonville, Arkansas, probably about four years ago, mm-hmm. just over four years, um, to run a restaurant. And things weren't going as planned. And I was suddenly let go with no explanation by a boss who I considered one of my best friends. Mm. Um, And it was zero explanation. He didn't let me go. He sent someone else to do it, and it really hurt me um, tremendously. And previously, I had a a bad history of uh, alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. I had made a friend in Northwest Arkansas, Josh, and he kept bugging me to ride bikes with him. And I was just getting so annoyed with it. I was like, what is so great about riding bikes? <laughs> and and finally, after this had happened uh, with the restaurant I was running, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I went and bought a very inexpensive, uh, probably 60-pound bike from a big-box store. Mm. And that first ride, I immediately fell in love with it. It allowed me to, with cycling um, at that point in general. And it, it allowed me to be free to clear my head. Um, you know, I had to concentrate on not falling off the bike, not running into somebody Mm -hmm. rather than worry about all the problems. Mm -hmm. And previously in life I had, when I, when things, certain things that were pretty detrimental would happen, I would either run to the bottle. I generally would run to the bottle. So I had a choice this time. Um, it was either ride bikes or, uh, Go back to my old habits, Mm -hmm. and I chose to ride bikes. And from that day on, it was you know for the from that day on till now, I just hit it hard, and cycling has now become a huge uh, part of my life. And I essentially say that cycling saved my life, potentially.
0: And I see uh, in cycling both mental and physical benefits, like huge.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, for for, like I said, for me, it allows me to clear my mind. Um, You know, I'm currently a restaurant manager. I've been in the industry for 20 years and people that have never done it can't quite understand. You know, they think it's, Oh, it's just a lot of fun. And it's, it's, it is a lot of fun. That's why I do it. But it's also very stressful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when life gets hard, I can literally just jump on my bike. And uh, where I live, I live across the street from some world-class trails. So, I can jump on my mountain bike and just hit the trails for an hour and clear my mind. Um, if I need to think about these things or, you know, work through them, it allows me to do that. And I don't have anything else bothering me. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but physically as well, I personally, I hate running. Um, I can't stand it. I don't, it's just to me. I get bored with it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm a, I'm a swimmer. Um, I've been a swimmer since I was little and, there's just not a lot of access around me to pools. So uh, being physically fit has been a huge part of my life since at least high school. So this is my way of getting cardio in. Mm-hmm. And so so you're absolutely right. You know, physical benefits as well as mental benefits are tremendous on um, in any aspect of cycling. hmm
0: uh, and you mentioned you're in Arkansas. Do you want to give us some more, like a little bit about where you live and what cycling, you know, like you mentioned, you have a trail really close to your house, which is amazing. But give us some a little bit more about that.
1: Uh, I live in Bentonville, Arkansas. Like I said, I moved here about four years ago to uh, to run a restaurant. I had honestly never been in Arkansas in my life. I moved from Springfield, Missouri. Um, at the time, and I was terrified. I didn't know what Arkansas was going to be like, (laughs) and I was pleasantly surprised. The, uh, you know, aside from cycling, uh, Northwest Arkansas is absolutely amazing. It's incredibly diverse. Uh, We have a lot of big companies. Most people know uh, the main company in Bentonville is Home Office for Walmart. So, you know, that makes things very, very, very diverse. Mm -hmm. But as far as the cycling culture, it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, we are becoming one of the number one mountain biking destinations in the country mm. and possibly looking into trying to become one of the best mountain biking destinations in the world. We're lucky because uh two of the heirs to Walmart, uh Tom and Stuart Walton, are huge mountain bikers. Oh, and nice. so Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So, so we're lucky in that respect, but it's not just them that, that have done this about Mm -hmm. six years ago, they started a a trail system called Slaughterpin. I believe it was about six years ago and it started with the five miles, of single track and they realized, holy cow, this is taking off. So they just built and built and built. And now we've got hundreds of miles Mm -hmm. of, uh, trails and we're currently building about two miles a week. Of, of trails in all of Northwest Arkansas, actually all of Arkansas. So that includes central Arkansas as well, like Little Rock and, and Fort Smith. Um, but so the trails here are amazing. They're world-class trails. We have trail builders, builders from all over the world building for us. And the culture is what you would look to see as a mountain biking community, such as you know New Mexico and Taos, uh, Salida, or two, two of the places that I've been to. Mm-hmm. and. It's just it's mountain bikes mountain bikes but it's cycling in general you know the cycling culture it's not just mountain bikes it's there's a lot of road bikes uh, in 2021 we're going to have the cyclocross uh, world championships here in fayetteville oh wow uh, which is which is super exciting mm-hmm. i don't participate in that i've seen videos and i think it looks pretty amazingly fun mm-hmm. um but i don't know that i have the physical fitness to to participate in that um you know, we have lots of events. We have a local enduro series here, the, uh, called the Arkansas Enduro Series, run by Slaughter Trail Guides, who also just bought the Southern Enduro Tour, which is Oklahoma and Texas. So, you know, we do a lot of, we have a lot of that stuff, but even events, um, you know, the Oz Trails Epic Off-Road is uh, is one of three races of a nationwide series that Lance Armstrong participated in last year. Mm. Um, which is pretty cool. The culture restaurants here is is amazing. We've mm-hmm. got great great breweries, uh, you know restaurants off the side of the trail. We can ride from our downtown literally a block and you can jump on the trails or we have a greenway if you don't mountain bike, you know road cycling mm-hmm. as well
0: mm-hmm. when you this is probably a dumb question to listeners who know all about mountain biking, but when you have events, is it people are on mountain bike trails and maybe do loops or is it like an out and back or how does how does an event or a race work
1: um well it depends on I guess it depends on the race cross country it depends on the race so cross country racing is is exactly pretty much what it says you don't go cross country you know literally but um there are longer races on now getting more and more technical, but mm-hmm. a lot of pedaling, um, plenty of uphill climbs and stuff like that. They're that generally about 20 miles long. Mm. Enduro enduro races are very similar to downhill races, except that uh, with enduro racing, you it's staged. So, the majority of the races that I've done have been six to seven stages, and you are generally shuttled to your first stage, or you're already really close to uh, you know where you get your timing chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the stages are timed, but then you transition from, say, stage one to stage two, and those transitions are not timed. However, they are generally very difficult. So uh, I I remember my first indoor race was last summer, and it was in Bella Vista. And Bella Vista is known for its climbs and not necessarily super technical terrain, Mm -hmm. but uh, definitely its climbs. And so the transitions, one of the transitions was uh, almost seven miles long. Mm. And it was in the, it was in the middle of summer. Um, it you know, Arkansas is incredibly humid and I think the heat index was 105 degrees. So, um, but the idea is the enduro racing, the idea behind it is, is to see how much you can push yourself, um, as far as that goes. And then you're just, they take the time from each stage, they add them all up and whoever has the lowest times is the winner. Oh, and okay. these, Yeah. So, uh, and these races can literally be determined by tens of seconds, sometimes hundreds of seconds. So, uh, it's, it's incredibly important. Um, you're not allowed any kind of help during the race. You have to ride the same, uh, rims frame, um, equipment all that stuff you cannot get outside help from a car we actually had someone try to jump in a car and go to the next station he was disqualified mm, as he um, should
0: be <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely because there were there were 400 of us that were uh, 399 i guess of us that were riding these transitions and he decided he was going to get in the car because he thought it was better so um and downhill racing is literally that you go to the top of a of a of a run and you go as fast as you can downhill oh,
2: man.
1: and whoever has the best time is the winner. Mm-hmm. So I've never participated in, I participated in one downhill race and decided that it just wasn't, I love riding downhill. I prefer to be shuttled and, and whatnot, but it just wasn't necessarily for me mm-hmm. because I, while I'm, I consider myself pretty brave. Some of the stuff I see these guys do is incredible. Mm-hmm. So I did all right. I think I placed six out of twenty, but oh, that's uh, great, yeah. It, it's you know my first one, but I, I I'm really hard on myself, so I wanted to, to uh, place better. As far as other races go, like uh, the the Oz Trails Epic, which is considered I would say a cross country race, um, is it's your time. It you know whoever has the lowest time, whoever finishes first, um, usually mass starts and stuff. But in drill racing, when you start, you start one at a time and you, you go a little, you go about 30 seconds after each rider pre- previously before you. So it's not like you're starting all at once.
0: Okay. So you're probably passing a rider here and there, but it's not like a mass start where you're trying to get to your position right away.
1: Right, exactly. So, okay. um, yeah, so, uh, there are, there are times that you will pass somebody It's so if you, uh, generally they're pretty good about putting... Amateurs, pros, and experts, they start them out separate so there's Mm -hmm. enough time. Mm -hmm. But there are times. So if somebody crashes, uh, you know, that obviously slows them down. And the rider behind them could pass them. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's part of enduro racing, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Unless you're hurt to where you can't ride anymore, you you just keep on going.
0: Uh, Okay, okay. Well, I'm super impressed that you said that four years ago, or let's say five years ago, you were not biking all the time. So this... I'm really interested to know how you went from, you know, I'm going to go buy a bike to kind of de-stress and, you know, get out there to being successful in events and, you know, just learning the skills of mountain biking. Because mountain biking, like my experience, is that you can't really look around too much. You've got to be looking at the ground ahead of you, you know, for obstacles, what's coming your way, you know, those sorts of things. So let's get into that a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I I didn't ride bikes at all. And I like I said, I fell in love with it just simply because it allowed me to be outside. I love to be outside um, and to be free. How I got into it, I just, I just rode every day. Mm -hmm. I got on my bike and I rode every single day the stuff that I knew. um, And because we're such a popular destination. And so many people ride mountain bikes around here, it was very easy to come across somebody and say, hey, what's a really good trail? Or what's something for someone like me who's only been riding for a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. What should I do? Um, and people are incredibly nice. They'll take you, a lot of times, I would have people literally stop their ride and take me to a trailhead that they think that I would be capable of riding, looking, knowing my skill level as well as knowing my bike and um but on, on top of that it's making friends and riding with people that either have the same interest and want to get better like you mm-hmm. or people that are better that better than you you know keeping up with them watching what they do uh learning how to handle the bike um, and just listening to people and that's pretty much what i've done even to this day you know i cycling and mountain biking especially you're always learning Mm -hmm. you're always looking for for the next best thing as far as what can I do better how can I get faster or how can I clean that object Mm -hmm. uh, without without going over the bars or anything so really it was just learning from everybody around me and I'm lucky to live in an area where so there are so many other amazing riders that I can ask anybody and they're happy they're more than excited to show Myself as well as anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so, uh, so now I kind of pass that on to, you know, when somebody asks me, what do I need to do or what can I do? Well, just come on a ride with me and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll help you out. But, you know, that's how I, I kind of learned. Yeah, I i just, and I'm group rides, uh, join group, I join group rides, you know, and like I said, Nate Brands, social media has been great, uh, join Facebook groups. And then as well as watching many YouTube videos, GMBN, stuff like that, and skills videos and stuff. So,
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Like, we're in a, a good place in life when you want to learn how to do something and you can just sit down and look at your phone and watch a video and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to try that. And it actually works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, so it does. And sometimes, sometimes it'll get you in trouble. Um, yeah. You know, you think, you think you can do more than you really can. But, you know, if you're smart about it, it actually is. It's quite amazing when yeah. you can learn.
0: Yeah, I will. uh, Full disclosure: uh, during the quarantine, I there was an opportunity to learn how to do a wheelie, and it was like a free thirty-day course. And I'm like, this is this is my chance. I am going to surprise the heck out of everyone and learn how to do a (laughs) wheelie. And I could not get past the second day. I just didn't. I just could not, you know, nail down the the need to push forward and then lift up the tire and. I gave up, I failed, but I sure <laughs> I probably have other tricks under my sleeve that maybe people don't know about yet, but I, I, can you do a wheelie?
1: Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, there's two things that I cannot do on a bike still. And it's one, it's wheelie and the other is manual. They're both very similar. Um, you know, I think the only difference is manually, you're not pedaling to wheelie. Um, and wheelie is your pedaling. And I just, I can get the wheel up for yeah. about, a half a second and then it just falls back down <laughs> and I think I think I think my biggest fear is um I don't like to I don't think anybody likes to crash right um but, you know, I see a lot of people and they're just like so free and a lot of the young people because they don't have a lot of, you know, I don't want to say they don't have a lot of responsibility, but they don't have as much responsibility. So if they wreck and they get hurt, it's like, OK, well, they're going to do the schoolwork from home. For right. me, I, still have to, I still have to work. And right, so right. I, I get that wheel up and I feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm about to fall backwards. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly I how I was. Put it, right. And I panic and can put it back down. So I am actually considering they have the thing called a manual machine where you hook your bike up to it and it helps you get the balance just right to, to do those kinds of things. So I think I'm going to buy one of those. It's one of those those uh, those skills that people really like to look at and think, oh, that's really cool. So I kind of want to learn to do it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> secretly, I guess it's not a secret if I'm saying it on this podcast, but I still do want to learn. I just need to get more confidence. And like you said, it is all about the balance because I'm like, I do not want to fall backwards. So anyway.
1: It's
0: yeah, a, it'll continue to be yeah, it, a dream of mine.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you can just keep working on it, and, and yeah. uh, you'll eventually get it. I've I've been trying to do it for, like I said, almost four years now, so I still can't do it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. All right, right. Well, we'll learn together somehow. All right. Sounds good. Um, So, okay. So speaking, this is a great uh, question based on what we just talked about, but um, what does it take to brave the terrain? And what I mean by that is, you know, you're not on flat pavement. I mean, you are literally uh, working your way through rocks and bridges and things that are not normal everyday biking.
1: Well, I would say you're absolutely right. It is, it is incredible. And one of the things you said previously was, you know, you always have to be looking ahead. That's a huge thing. Um, and I learned the hard way that where you look is where your bike's going to go. Uh, yeah. So, um, and, and I've done it many times where I've looked to my left and sure enough, I'll accidentally steer left and, and wreck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think the biggest thing is to, to take it easy. Don't throw yourself into double black trails When you're first learning how to ride a bike, Mm -hmm. start out easy with green stuff and just learn, learn, learn the bike, learn yourself, learn how to get over certain things.
0: A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show.
1: What does it take to brave the terrain in general is just to kinda of just let go and, you know, trust in yourself. But it's it's mostly just learning how to control the bike and uh where to put the bike and and stuff. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I don't really know how to explain how to brave the terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the friend that got me into cycling I'll go back a little bit. He was mostly he's he's all road bike road cycling. And so previously, when we, I first started riding, I pretty much demanded that he buy a mountain bike because that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, so he did. And uh, like I said, don't throw yourself on a double black diamond. Well, that's what we did. and We didn't know any better. And so he got hurt. And I don't think he's ridden his mountain bike sets oh, It literally yeah. sits in his garage. So it's it really comes down to don't throw yourself into incredibly difficult situations that you're going to hurt yourself. Um, but to learn it slowly mm-hmm. um, and, and as quick as you can.
0: And I agree but, with you on learning how to control your bike. I think that's like a great piece of advice to give to people because it is, you know, you have to be able to trust your bike, but you also have to be able to trust your body on your bike.
1: Right. Exactly. And the slightest little movement with your body can completely throw you offline Mm. um, and and cause you to eat, to have something that can be pretty catastrophic, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as, as far as erect goes, the slightest little mistake. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, the biggest thing is, you know, I've heard this many, many, many times. I, uh, when I, I quickly went between bikes. I, th- I think I've had five or six different bikes since I started riding, and I assumed that having an incredibly expensive bike would make me a better rider. And I couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> you know, it's you can have a ten thousand dollar bike, but if you're a bad, if you don't know what you're doing, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So, so, so uh, it all comes down to to skill and learning how to actually use that bike and uh, be smart about where you're riding that bike mm-hmm. with your skill level with mm-hmm. your skill level
0: do you want to take a minute to brag about your bike
1: sure yeah a- absolutely i mean uh people people make fun of me because i'm always talking about bikes but <laughs> um you know my bike i have i have two i have a, a mountain bike and a road bike and my mountain bike is currently a 2018 giant transit one um and when i bought that bike i literally my local local bike shop i like i said I i'm going through they had return policies so if i didn't like the bike i want something better within 30 days i could exchange it
2: Mm.
1: so i I went through like five or six bikes i can't remember and i literally got on giant's website and i said i like that color it's expensive it must be good so i asked them to order me that bike so uh luckily i got really lucky and ended up with an amazing bike
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's a uh you know it's a it's a and on their website, it's considered a trail bike. It's more—it's—it's it's in the same category, close to a, an enduro bike. Um, it's just not as long as one of those. But it's a 27.5 wheel, um, 140 millimeters rear travel, front travel I've increased to 160 millimeters. I um, made it pretty much my own, uh, customized it with different parts and, and stuff like that. So, um, and it's been through a lot with me. I think on my Strava, I think I've got about 4,000. Forty five hundred miles on that bike. Nice, nice. So, um, and then my other bike is a giant TCR Advanced SL. So, and I bought that because the same friend was doing a huge event in California and said, "Hey, you should do this."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I swore that I would never be a roadie. You know, after mountain biking, I swore that I would never do it. I've never owned a road bike. Uh, through the local bike shop that I bought my mountain bike through, had one and you know entry level uh, hybrid bike through a contest and I was like, you know, I'm going to take that money. and I'm going to apply it towards a nice road bike. Mm-hmm. So I did that and started riding road and I actually fell in love with that again, that, that part aspect of cycling as well. You know, I, I tell myself I'm 90%, 95% uh, mountain bike, 5% road biker, <laughs> just because I love mountain biking so much, but I do love getting on the road bike and this bike, this road bike is been amazing. I think it's probably owned it two years and it's probably got about the same amount of miles as the mountain bike. Oh, nice. So um, I don't ride it as much, but I use it a lot for fitness, you know, base miles and um, stuff like that. And then I bought it to do this this big event that I've done two years in a row. So they're my babies. And I'm currently in the market for another mountain bike. I'm, I've been in the market, I'd say, for about a year and a half. But it's uh, the way that bikes are going now. It's so hard to decide. So,
0: Right. Right. As soon as you buy one, there's some other component that's been upgraded or changed on the newest bike
1: it's i I equate i equate bikes with like uh, computers or more specifically say like when i you know i use apple products and um they're the same way it's like oh i just bought the new the new macbook oh here's the new one next year and it's got this and this (laughs) and that. it's better It, it honestly is the same thing with mountain bikes um you know but with that said, I don't like to follow the. I, when I first started riding, I was like, oh, I got to have this. I got to have this. I need this because everybody has it. Mm-hmm. And I quickly, quickly learned that that really didn't matter as much as I thought it did. So, yeah. and that's why that's why I have uh, taken so long to choose the next bike that I purchase because mm-hmm. there's been many times that I've gone, oh, I like that bike. That's really cool. And then I've ridden it and I hated it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and like you said, things keep changing. So, you know, eventually, maybe by the end of summer, I'll have another bike, but I don't know. We'll see. All right.
0: Well, you do have two amazing bikes already. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about an adventure or two that you have been on with one of these bikes?
1: Sure. Um, I, my, As far as mountain biking goes, I'd say I've been, I think my favorite so far was actually last fall. Uh, we went to, uh, I have a group of friends that does a yearly mountain bike, big mountain bike trip. Um, and we go somewhere out of state, out of Arkansas. And so last year, we went to Taos, New Mexico. Mm. And um, previously, we went to Salida, and that was that was amazing. Um, but like I said previously, I prefer to be shuttled or um, ride downhill mm-hmm. um, as fast as possible. So we went to Taos, and that was incredible. You know, the mountains and a bu- bunch of groups of guys. They, they all live, left their wives at home. It was just a guy's trip and just mountain biking for four days and so we get there and the the scene was amazing the house is a very um eclectic i would say more hippie type neighborhood type city it mm-hmm. was really cool uh people were really easygoing uh, but the writing was absolutely phenomenal stuff that i had you know only seen in videos and pictures and it was just amazed that i actually got to be there writing this stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: um anywhere from super easy stuff to super technical stuff but it was uh it wasn't incredibly difficult like i expected it to be Mm -hmm. um i could say that maybe that my fitness had gotten better but just the the area was really cool and the scenery and again going back to just being free and being nature it was that was the epitome of it Mm -hmm. and Um, if you were but
0: if you were on a four-day trip are you doing like you're camping at the same place or have a cabin or something and just going up and down the same trails
1: so, no, so this, this, this trip, we actually got an Airbnb. Okay. So um, we got, it was a, a very nice uh, house. It was quite large house and there was 10 of us. So um, we had to have a big house and we chose different trails each day. So the first day we just rode something that was close to the house that we could ride to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day we did something different. Um, and then on our, you know, we would just do little ones. and we have what we like to call our epic ride, um, which is 20 plus miles and we pieced together a, a bunch of trails. And I think I'm trying to think I can't I'm blanking on the name of the trail. I think I wanna call it the Outer Rim or, mm-hmm. or something like that. But it was it was pretty incredible because we got to see a lot of people that were what's called through hiking from uh, from Canada to Mexico.
2: Oh wow. And
1: it was it was I was just baffled by these people that are literally hiking either from Canada to Mexico or from Mexico to Canada across country, just walking and hiking and stuff. I was like, Holy cow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but no, and then on, on our last day we did, we went to angel fire bike park, which is what I had been looking forward forward to the whole trip. And basically it's the same place where they ski in the wintertime. Um, they turn it into a mountain bike park or, you know, uh, spring, summer, and fall, and it was lift access, and it was literally every every run you did took you forty five minutes, mm. and about but you know close to close to five thousand feet of elevation loss, you know when you're going down the hill, so, so incredibly you, fast.
0: When you said uh, lift, are you actually putting your bike on the lift, and th- that's how you're getting up to the top?
1: Yeah, so they oh. they have. Sp- yeah, it's pretty, it's just, it's it's the same uh, chairlift that they use for skiers, mm-hmm. except they have, at this point, they have special chairs that hold your bike in place, and then you jump on the chair behind it, and you go up to the top, and you have people up there that pull your bike off, and you get off, and you jump on your bike, and you pick your trail, and you go downhill.
0: Wow, that sounds cool. Close to an
1: hour. It, it's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing. This uh, We were supposed to do a trip this year. Um, we were going to go to Moab, and because of coronavirus, everything, is, all of our trips have gotten canceled, mm-hmm, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: next year, we're planning on going to uh, Whistler,
2: oh, so okay. we're,
1: saving, we're saving the money this year, and we're going to plan to go to Whistler next year to make it a really, really huge, epic trip, so I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that.
0: That's, it's, you know, the chairlift take you up, and then you just get to enjoy the downhill, like, I...
1: It's it's pretty amazing, and and a lot of the a lot of the uh, enduro races, especially in the uh, series called the Big Mountain Enduro, that's what they do to help you get to the stages. Because while they like the the transitions to be difficult to test you out, climbing 5,000 feet before racing down another stage is could be pretty impossible. Right. So.
0: A quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor events. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show.
1: And then another another trip that I do, and this is on my road bike, is the reason I bought the road bike. For two years, for 2018-2019, I did what's called the AIDS lifecycle in California. And basically, what that is is it's a charity uh, bike ride for the San Francisco and LA LGBT centers, mm-hmm. and they uh, you ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles on your bike, mm. 540, 545 miles. It's a week long. So, um, you basically spend the year fundraising, and then uh, you get most most of everybody that participates lives in California.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There are um I'd say probably about eight hundred to a thousand people that live outside of California that participate um we travel there and that's pretty amazing, because not only are you doing an amazing thing, and I use that because, like I said, cycling saved my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my my best friend wanted me asked me to hey, you should try try this and do this and I was terrified and I was like, you know, what? I think I can do it, but I wanted to use my bike to help save others' lives because it saved my life so that's why I chose to do that That's really amazing because the camaraderie that you see with you know, you have 3,000 cyclists, 2,000 volunteers, and then just the different towns you go through mm-hmm. um, along the coast of California is just absolutely amazing. And uh, as far as lodging goes, you can do a couple different things. The majority of us camped at uh, each stop each day. Oh, so it's pretty cool. They uh, they have a whole team of people that carry your gear with, for you so you don't have to carry it on your bike mm-hmm. um, with you. We average about 80 miles a day a week but they carry your gear for you from city to city and then uh, they they've worked out different areas where these campgrounds I guess some of them were baseball fields some of them were high school fields and stuff and you just grab your tent and you set your tent up you uh, you know sleep shower all that stuff and then you get on your bike again the next day and do another 80 to 100 miles until you Uh, reach
0: Los Angeles. Wow. And when you have, like you mentioned, 3,000 people, um, for sure, you know, you're enjoying like the scenery and the roads and the beauty along that way. But the amount of time you have to meet people with the same sort of goals, you know, you're all raising money for a great cause. So to be Mm -hmm. able to hear stories and meet people and you're all in it together, you're all still peddling your rears off to get to the next town. That's a really cool... Really cool event.
1: It, it, it's an amazing event, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I chose not to do it this year. You know, unfortunately, the entire event was canceled because of the uh, because of COVID. Oh, but sure. um, they're still fundraising. They're still do. I think I'm still going to participate in the virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is an amazing event, and they like to call say it's called what they call the love bubble. Um, no matter what ethnicity you know, gender, where you're from, your social economic status, anything like that, it didn't matter on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, there, we're all doing the same thing for an amazing cause. And the stories that I heard, uh, the amount of friends that I've made, I rode for two different teams, um, both years, one Walmart, and then one for Team Facebook. And meeting these people uh, was just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And hearing different stories, not just from my teammates, but you know, why people are riding this ride, why it's affected them personally mm-hmm. or someone that they know they love personally. Um, but then also meeting the people in these different towns was was amazing, you know, and they, they welcomed us so well. You know, at mo- a lot of places, 3000 cyclists. Holy cow, we don't want yeah. that. But these people, these people were absolutely amazing and welcomed us. It was it's still to this day, probably one of the best trips I've ever, ever done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What was the name of the event again?
1: The AIDS Life Cycle.
0: Okay, AIDS Life Cycle. I'm going to have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so looking at you know some of your adventures, whether it's mountain bike or road bike, do you have any, like, that was the coolest type moments?
1: Um, I, I do. I, I, think that, I think my most favorite, as far as the mountain bike goes, was definitely Angel Fire Bike Park. I'd never been to a bike park, and I'd seen so many videos, you know, these pro riders like, Danny McCaskill, Sam Hill, all these, these pro downhillers. And I was like, Holy cow, I to do what they're doing. This is awesome. You know, but my, my, my most amazing times are when I, when I progress on the bike Mm -hmm. and that's with doing stuff like, you know, clearing a jump or, uh, most recently there was, there's this jump jump locally that I'd been terrified to do. Um, just simply because it, it's not small it's big and it's very intimidating finally one day i had some friends that were like hey i'll tell you into this just follow me match my speed do just this you have the skill just do it and i did it and Yay. i cleared it and it was the <laughs> the most amazing feeling and it's always the most amazing feeling to progress yeah. on a bike and you know and i and i, I think i can i convey that on my on my social media you know when i i get so excited um but then again, also this, just the uh, the most amazing moments is is stuff like when I did AIDS Life Cycle. It's it's just the awe that you're in, mm-hmm. not just by the by the scenery, but by the way that people as humans can come together as one for one big cause. And mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely amazing. So. Yeah,
0: and I I've always said, you know, when you're in a group, I do a lot of group rides, and the best part of being with groups is that. You know, you really don't know what people do for a living or how much money they make. It doesn't really matter, you know, and even you don't, who cares what kind of bike they have. It's just like the fact that we're, we're all pedaling together. We all have the same amount of miles to get to the other, to wherever we're going. And it's just the time to enjoy each other's company. I just, that's the part I love about it.
1: That, that, absolutely. And I, you know, when I first started writing, I was very intimidated because I was around a lot of people that were better than me. And I quickly learned that I'm intimidating myself. These people that oh, are far yeah. better than me generally want to help me get better. I, or now for myself, I want to help others get better. I, I don't care if you just started writing, I'm happy to show you things.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I didn't realize that at first. So I was incredibly intimidated and I was, I'm generally very shy. And so you know, I had a hard time approaching people at first and realize that they don't care. They generally don't care what kind of bike you're on. Like Mm -hmm. you said, um, they want to, especially with mountain biking, share the stoke of mountain biking because it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one of the biggest things I have. I tell people is don't be intimidated by it. Just, you know, get on a bike and ask for help. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Nobody's going to no. generally nobody's going to make fun of you. And if you, they do make fun of you or they do the little you, then you don't want to be their friends. Exactly. You don't
0: want to ride with them. Exactly, right, right. Well, I can tell if I come to Bentonville with a mountain bike, I'm going to be looking you up.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> I would love to. I, I tell people all the time, you know, my friends that have never been here, rent a bike, or if you have a bike, great, come come and see me. I yeah. will happily, happily show you our trails, as will many of the other people. We've got some pretty pretty well-known people around here um they're happy to show the trails especially the trail builders you know mm-hmm. these guys work tirelessly all year long to build these things for us to enjoy so they love to show them off
0: mm-hmm. well I know uh based on social media that you were on a fun adventure this past weekend at least at the time of this recording uh any adventures on the like horizon as far as yet this year
1: um, this year, it's, it's, a lot of it's kind of up in the air yeah. right now simply because because of the you know the the state that the, the world is really in. Um, I know that we're going to – I'm hoping, I'm very optimistic that racing is going to continue. So those are going to be some adventures. I started enduro racing last season, mm-hmm. and I, again, fell, fell in love with it. Um, it's absolutely amazing. So hopefully that's going to start up again. It's looking good. Um, one of the big ones in an area called Ponca. Um, which is probably our area with the most elevation, um, and it's just a, it's called the it's near what's called the Upper Buffalo River, and the scenery is amazing. The riding is is absolutely phenomenal. So that's going to be an, an, an adventure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the rest of the year, I, I'm honestly not really sure. It's mm-hmm. just kind of we're kind of going day by day. We're gonna the group that I have this this last trip this last weekend was just super last minute. I needed to get out of town and. Um, we suddenly decided we're going to Texas and we're going to ride bikes in Texas. So, you know, we primitive did some primitive camping, kept our distance from people Mm -hmm. and went out there. So possibly some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, Colorado is only a 10-hour drive. So we're going to consider going to possibly Trestle and riding there if they ever open up. But, you know, like I said, it just depends on what opens and when it opens and you know, this isn't this isn't a full time job for me. I do still have a job, so right. I have to I have to uh, unfortunately uh, work around that and my line of work. It it can be difficult because I work mostly uh, evenings and on the weekends, mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. takes quite a bit of quite a bit of planning.
0: Yeah. So, but I will say sometimes you know those impromptu you know gatherings with friends where you're like let's go here and then you take off and do those little even if it's just an overnight or even a day trip some of those can be the best adventures
1: absolutely this this last one that i mentioned in texas was absolutely amazing Um, I didn't know other than we went to a place called Spider Mountain, which is a bike park. Um, And that's why I wanted to go just Mm -hmm. simply because of that place. But I didn't know that Texas had the amount of mountain biking that it does Mm. until I got there. So the campground that we stayed at was called Revely Peak Ranch. And the what they've done with that, that whole area is just absolutely amazing. So. You're absolutely right. Just super last minute. Let's go check this place out because we can't do anything else right now. Yeah. And it's it surprised the heck out of me. I was like, holy cow, why haven't we done this before? You know, so and it's it's, it's just so much fun.
0: Right. Well, uh, before I ask the last question, do you have any like organizations or nonprofits that you want to, you know, maybe take a second to plug?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, just honestly, the, the biggest thing is, you know, as cyclists, always support your local bike shop. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, without them, you can buy all kinds of stuff online, but without the local bike shop, no matter how good of a mechanic you may think you are, if they die, who's going to work on your bikes Mm -hmm. or who's going to, who's going to bail you out when you need a tube one day or, you know, need a, need a tire sealant and stuff like that. So that's the biggest thing. Um, The other thing is, you know, I don't know a lot of uh, road cycling, but another big one for me is IMBA, the International Mountain Bike Association um, is something they, they advocate for trails, um, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And whether it's helping communities that don't have the funding, build trails, um, getting them the funding or advocating to allow cyclists, mountain bikers, uh, particularly, uh, access to stuff that they've never had access to before. You know, so I'm, a, I'm locally, I'm a local member of what's called fast or friend of Arkansas single track and, O-R-C which is the Ozark Off-Road Cyclists um so that and then um another really cool one is what's called Buddy Pegs a a person that's local here uh started a media slash uh group like to teach young kids really little kids like you know two years old I'd say Mm -hmm. to get on bikes and getting kids out on bikes oh fun which is really cool. And then another one that I just thought of that's really cool is we have a place here called Pedal It Forward. And it's a place where uh, people can donate bikes that they're not using that they know that they can't sell um, or just don't really care to sell. This, this group will fix these bikes up and they give them away to people that can't afford to buy a bike oh, to great. get them out on bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: And yeah. Uh, back to Imba. Uh, if people want to look that one up, it's imba.com, and it's all about yep. mountain biking across the United States. But then I think once you're on there, you can find local um, versions as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's imba.com. If you want to support them, you can just type in your zip code or whatever, and it'll give you your local. You mm-hmm. know, In Arkansas, it's Fast and Ork. Um in Springfield, Missouri, it's more Missouri off-road cyclists, mm-hmm. but it's and it's it's worldwide. You know, they, yep. they advocate all over the world, so it's it's pretty amazing organization. Organization.
0: Excellent. Okay, last question for you. Sure. Uh, any advice you'd give to people thinking about trying out mountain biking?
1: Uh, don't jump in head over heels. <laughs> don't um, don't you're, take you're, the black diamond. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna get hurt. Um, take, people's, take people's advice don't follow trends as much as you may want to. Um, I did that at first and you know, it's really just getting into it, uh, get the bike that's going to be right for you. Start out easy and just progress as your body and your mind allows you to. Is the biggest thing, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but, and mostly just have fun with it. Yeah. It's, you know, if you push yourself too hard, and make it work. You're just not going to have fun and you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to hate it and you're going to spend however much money on a bike and it's going to sit in your garage. Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen that too many times and it makes me really sad. So.
0: Great advice. Well, Chris, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. It was so awesome to learn about Bentonville, Arkansas and the area and just about you and how you've gone from non-biker to awesome skills. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I, I, pre- I appreciate that. I, I, yeah. I am honored to that you asked me to be on this. And I hope that, you know, someone like me, who is a very much an amateur still can let people know that no matter how new you are to the sport, you can still get into it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, based on what I see, you always look like you're having fun. And that's exactly what you said, you know, when you're giving advice, like, you are enjoying yourself for sure.
1: Absolutely. That's the biggest thing for me is always have fun with it Um, and don't push yourself too hard. If you make, like I said, if you make it a job, you're just going to hate it.
0: Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. A big thank you to Chris for being on to talk about his love of cycling. And if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to morphologypodcast.com to find good info. And I recently launched a YouTube channel. So if you want to see videos of the places I bike, check that out. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote is from Edward Abbey. May your trails be crooked, Winding, dangerous, leading to the most amazing view. May your mountains rise into
2: and above the clouds. Think about it.